Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. It is the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us as we get underway at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the 18th morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2018. Coming up at the bottom of this hour, Steve Loomis will join me, uh, former president of the CPPA, the uh, Cleveland Police Patrolmen's Association, and he is uh, more than just a little bit fired up about the conflicting um, law enforcement endorsements. How about that? Enforcement endorsements. No, I'm not trying to go Johnny Cochran on you here. Uh, but Richard Cordray has been endorsed by the Ohio FOP. Steve Dettelbach has been endorsed by the Ohio FOP. Those are for governor and attorney general, respectively. And Loomis is, uh, well, he's not happy. And neither are a whole lot of other law enforcement officers who are not part. Uh, well, I shouldn't say they're not part of the FOP, but who have completely uh, parted ways with uh, the FOP in terms of uh, their endorsements. Uh, Steve has a very impassioned letter that he has written and posted on social media, and I invited him to share that information with us here at 935, and he will do so. In large part, I shouldn't say large, a, a, good, a good part of this uh, has to do with the Cordray uh, slash Dettelbach slash Sherrod Brown endorsement of Issue 1, Ohio's Issue 1, which is an extremely dangerous uh, proposition. Uh, when it comes to allowing dangerous, deadly drugs to just be trafficked through the state of Ohio with very little resistance whatsoever and only the smallest uh, minor sentences and punishments being handed out, misdemeanors for massive amounts of fentanyl, which can kill scores of people. Really, really a crazy issue, issue one. We've talked about it at length on this program already. We will talk about it more as we get closer to November, but... Um, the Democrats who have received the endorsement, strangely enough, of some law enforcement, 
despite their, by the way, anti-law enforcement nature and their anti-law enforcement, the Democrats' anti-law enforcement platforms uh, from one end of this country to the other, whether it be ICE talking about abolishing a federal law enforcement agency like that or uh, refusal to stand by and supporting police officers, supporting ridiculous consent decrees uh, which were forged on lies uh, in Cleveland, all of these things are major, major parts of that conversation that we'll talk to Steve Loomis about or that we'll have with Steve Loomis coming up at about 935. Uh, Beyond that and around that, uh, we are open for your phone calls, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. If you want to tweet to me, I'll read good tweets on the radio. they got to be good, though, and they got to be on point. Uh, radio Done Right is where you can find me on Twitter, Radio Done Right. Find me there. Also, search for France Radio on Facebook. I've got a lot of posts up on Facebook uh, that you're going to want to read and comment on as well. France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. All one word, no spaces, no underscores. So can you believe it? After all of their bluster, after all of the Democrats shouting and screaming that this accuser demands to be heard. You cannot have this vote on Thursday. Brett Kavanaugh has been credibly, and I have to say that word in air quotes, not that you can do that, but credibly accused of sexual misconduct as a teenager. She must be allowed to testify. So the Republican-led Senate Judiciary Committee says, okay, Let's let her testify. Monday, she can testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Then Brett Kavanaugh will testify, or vice versa, one order or the other. No, it would not be a side-by-side. Okay, we'll let her have her say. Let her tell her story to us like she told it to Dianne Feinstein in a letter, and like she told it to the Washington Post. Let her tell her story. We'll give her what she wants. And then... Last night, you can't make her testify. She's not ready to testify. There has to be a full FBI investigation first. Wait, what? Will she or won't she testify? That's been the question the past few days. The attorneys for Christine Blasey Ford initially said she was prepared and willing to testify that she was sexually assaulted by Brett Kavanaugh more than 35 years ago. But now they say she won't testify until the FBI investigates the allegations. Now, the Senate Judiciary Committee scheduled a hearing for Monday for both Ford and Judge Kavanaugh to testify. But Ford's attorneys say an investigation will ensure that the crucial facts in the case are assessed in a nonpartisan manner. Well, Chairman Chuck Grassley is pushing back on that, saying in a statement, Dr. Ford's testimony would reflect her personal knowledge and memory of events. Nothing the FBI or any other investigator does would have any bearing on what Dr. Ford tells the committee, so there is no reason for any further delay. The most important word in that piece that you just heard and the quote from Chuck Grassley is the last word. Delay. Make no mistake about this. Let there be no misunderstanding. The Democrats don't believe Christine Blasey Ford's story any more than I do. They don't believe her for one single solitary second. As a matter of fact, 
I still believe that some of them are complicit in helping her to fabricate a story. Because it's not about proving a story. It's about delay. They know there is absolutely zero evidence whatsoever to support her allegation that Brett Kavanaugh even knew her back in the early 1980s. None. Zero. No evidence. There is no way possible to prove that Brett Kavanaugh knew her, was in a party with her, was in the same city as her, or the same county as her. None. Because she has no evidence, and she has only fuzzy, hazy memories that she just came, just, just came back to her in 2012, coincidentally when Mitt Romney could have won the presidency, and Mitt Romney was very, very close with Brett Kavanaugh, and he might have been on Mitt Romney's list of uh, uh, potential Supreme Court candidates. So suddenly, in 2012, a memory. Fuzzy one. Don't know any of the details, but something might have happened. And even in 2012, we're not telling a soul. We don't tell anybody until the summer of 2018, when President Trump nominates Brett Kavanaugh. Now, a letter to a congresswoman in California. A letter then passed on to Senator Dianne Feinstein. A letter that is then sat upon for two and a half months, despite meetings with the president's nominee, despite confirmation hearings, including roughly 39 to 40 hours of testimony and questions and answers from the president's nominee, and then over 1,000 written questions provided to the president's nominee. Brett Kavanaugh passes all of them with flying colors. Suddenly, a letter, an accusation, three days before the confirmation vote. Now, suddenly, there's a story here. They don't believe her. And in fact, like I said, I truly believe they were complicit in helping this tall tale to be told. What they want is not Brett Kavanaugh to be convicted of something, either in a legal court or in a court of public opinion. They just want this delayed. Get us to November. Drag this out to November and we're good. We're golden. Because as soon as we win back the House, we file articles of impeachment, and then he can't name a Supreme Court justice nominee because he's under impeachment. That's what this is all about. Delay, delay, delay. That's it. Why do you think on Monday the Democrats' talking point is, let her testify. She wants to testify. Her attorney is on TV on Sunday. She's ready to testify. Then they had their bluff called by Chuck Grassley, who said, deal, she can testify on Monday. And they're thinking, crap, that's too fast. Because she testifies on Monday, then they decide to go forward with the vote because there's no proof, there's nothing she can say that she hasn't already said to the Washington Post or to Feinstein in the letter. She's got nothing else. So once they realize she's got nothing to go on, they're going to vote and he's going to get confirmed. So we can't actually let her testify. We have to say, later, um, much later, much closer to November, because um, investigations, yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. We need an FBI investigation before she can testify. 
what is the FBI going to investigate? The FBI has zero evidence of any federal crime. The FBI has abso- doesn't have a year to go on. The FBI should know what year it happened in. And that's because it's hard to make stuff up and do it with accuracy. Shouldn't know what shouldn't know what year. Shouldn't know whose house. She doesn't know the names of other people at the party. She doesn't know who she went to the party with. She doesn't know anything. What's the FBI going to investigate? As Grassley said, there is nothing that the FBI could investigate that is going to help her memory. This is her story. She has concocted it. She is the one who needs to provide the details about it. The FBI has already investigated Brett Kavanaugh. Not once, not twice, not thrice, not four times, nor five, but six different FBI background investigations have been conducted on Brett Kavanaugh for his various roles in the federal government and in the federal judiciary. Six times. They have combed through this guy's life and looked at it through a microscope. Every element of his life has been an open book to the FBI. They got nothing there. So they don't want the the testimony to happen on Monday because they know there is nothing for her to testify to. No proof, no corroboration, no evidence, no witnesses, no nothing. And when that is borne out by questions and answers on Monday, we will advance to a confirmation vote probably on Tuesday or Wednesday. And that will have defeated their purposes because the purpose isn't to prove Brett Kavanaugh guilty. The purpose is to delay everything until after November. So now they're calling for some sort of a trumped up, but legally and investigatively impossible FBI query into her story. My friends, this is the worst political Hail Mary that I think has ever been thrown by the demon rats, or by anybody else. This, my friends, is awful. But not as awful as what her attorney said last night on CNN. That's right. The attorney for uh, for Christine Blasey Ford, Deborah Katz, wild social justice, radical, anti-Trumper, went on CNN and said something that you're going to have to hear to believe. I'll share that with you as we continue. It's 920 Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, it's 925 now. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. So, last night on CNN, the uh, radical liberal social justice warrior attorney representing Christine Blase Ford, the political tool being used by the left to try to delay the Kavanaugh confirmation until after the midterm elections. She went on CNN to argue her client's position. Remember, she argued on Sunday that her client wanted to testify now. Before any confirmation hearing happened, her client wants to testify. That was on Sunday. 
yesterday on Tuesday, my client should not have to testify now. She's not ready. Not until there's an FBI investigation. So she goes on CNN, and she's asked more about this. As she pleads her client's case, she is asked the following question by the CNN interviewer, whose name is irrelevant. She's CNN. While we have you, perhaps you can help us fill in the blanks on some of her story. Um, she was, says that she was at a party in probably 1982 in Montgomery County, Maryland. She Stop right there. Probably 1982. She doesn't know what year her tall tale is set in. Says that there were four guys there. These are high school students, as was she. There were four guys there. Were there any girls there that day? Yes, there was uh, there was another girl uh, at this party, yes. Another change in the story, by the way, because originally there were four girls and four guys at this party. Now there's just one other girl, but please continue. And has your client spoken to any of those other guys or that girl who could help corroborate her story? She's not. And why not? Is it time to do that? That's... That's not her job to do that. If this is going to be investigated, it should be done by investigators. You didn't hear that incorrectly. She said that out loud. It's not her job to talk to the other quote-unquote witnesses that she is claiming was at this party. That's for the investigators to do. Is that how it works now, Libs? Is that the standard? File an accusation or make an accusation and file a complaint against somebody without any evidence, without any witnesses, without any proof whatsoever. Just tell law enforcement that happened. Okay, can you give us more information? Nope. That's for you to find out. Can you tell us who else was there so we know who to talk to? Nope. That's your job. You're the investigators. You investigate. So you're telling me that you're claiming a crime for which there is no evidence, but you want us to investigate it based on nothing. You don't. Can you give us the address of where you were? Nope. Don't remember it. Can you give us the city in which you were? Nope. Don't remember it. Can you tell us the homeowner? Nope, don't remember it. Can you tell us the names of the other people at the party? You know what? Stop bothering me with this stuff. It's your job to find all that out. She said this on live television. And the left wants to know why we are so apoplectic about this ridiculous last second Hail Mary prayer and I don't mean that literally, of course, because most of these libs don't pray. Prayer for, for victory to be snatched from the jaws of defeat. They are about to be defeated. She actually said on television. That's, that's not her job to do that. If this is going to be investigated, it should be done by investigators. Uh, I welcome your phone calls on this. 216-901-0945. Coming up after the bottom of the hour news, though, we're going to talk to Steve Loomis former Cleveland Police Patrolman Association president, about a couple of other issues, including issue one in the state of Ohio and law enforcement's support, apparently, of issue one, despite all kinds of problematic evidence. We'll talk to Loomis about that next right here on ESP, or on uh, AM 1420, The Answer.
two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. All right, 934 now. The Bob France Authority does continue on AM 1420. The answer. We'll get back to the Kavanaugh story. Uh, well, it's not a Kavanaugh story. It's a it's a liberal fantasy story. It's a tall tale being woven by uh, some of the best liars in the industry, uh, and that would be the industry of lying, not politics. We'll come back to that in a bit, but I do want to talk a little bit more about local issues. Uh, I mentioned before that I spoke with Steve Loomis yesterday. Steve is a uh, former CPPA president. That's Clean Police Patrolman Association, current detective with the Department, also a veteran of the U.S. Navy, and he is really, really worried uh, about issue one. And not only about issue one and its potential passage, but the support of issue one that is being given by the endorsed candidates of the Ohio FOP Richard Cordray for governor, Steve Dettelbach for AG, and Sherrod Brown for his Senate seat, all endorsed by the FOP, all of whom support. Issue one. What is issue one? We've been talking about it quite a bit on this program, but I'll let Steve Loomis fill in some of the details. Steve, good to have you back on our show. How are you? Thank you very much, Bob. Good. How are you? Steve, you wrote a very uh, impassioned uh, post on your Facebook page that I read, which is what led to my invitation to have you on today. Um, and, and I could not be in more agreement, and I could also not get any more splinters in my fingers while, while scratching my uh, my head. Uh, trying to figure out why and how it is that the FOP has endorsed this issue by way of their endorsement of the aforementioned candidates. Why don't you take it from there? Well, I, I uh, was extremely disappointed in Steve Dettelbach. Steve Dettelbach was the U.S. attorney in uh, the Northeast Ohio region um, that refused to prosecute drug dealers, known drug dealers, um, high-level drug dealers. But he went after the Amish people. You know, he went after the Cleveland Police Department with a, a ranting 58-page uh, pile of nonsense where he actually admitted that there was 13 occasions where civil rights violations could have been uh, 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 could have been sought um, against the Cleveland Police Department. He was the uh, he was the U.S. attorney. That's his job to go after those. He never did. So he's done more single-handedly in Northeast Ohio to, to hurt law enforcement and the law-abiding people of this state than, than anybody that I could point my finger at. So that one is really perplexing to me. And it, it takes away from Steve, the Steve, before you, go on, before you go on to the next part and the next person and the next issue with issue one, I know you've had conversations with certain FOP brothers uh, and, and, and leaders. Um, what are they saying? What's their, uh, what's their answer to the question of how they can support somebody who has been so anti-law enforcement uh, during his time as U.S. attorney? Um, they don't really say much about Dettelbach. You know, they'll talk about Cordray's uh, going to give the local government funds back and, you know, DeWine is going to, you know, be a right to work state. I've been at meetings with uh, Mike DeWine, he absolutely said that he would veto anything having to do with right to work. And he said that publicly. You know, so I don't know. I, I just don't know, Bob. It's, it's very, very uh, perplexing. It's damaging to the law enforcement. And, and it's very scary for the law-abiding citizens out there because we need somebody in leadership of this state that is going to support law enforcement. Now, Steve Dettelbach was roommates with Obama. We all know how Obama was, and his policies, Holder, 
Um, you know, we know how they were with law enforcement. Hillary Clinton, oh my God, would have been a nightmare for law enforcement in this country if she had gotten in there. Um, we need somebody in there, people in there that are going to support law enforcement, law and order, and the law-abiding citizens of this state. And, and uh, Cordray, Dettelbach, uh, Sherrod Brown, absolutely not. You know, and they're on record as not being supportive of, of the issues that should concern all of us. So, uh, issue one is a huge one. You know, yeah, let's let's hit that. Yeah, let me let me read uh, just this short portion of what you wrote on Facebook, and then you can expand upon it. Now we're talking to Steve Loomis, who's a Cleveland Police detective, the former president of the CPPA, and a Navy veteran as well. And you write, please vote no on issue one and vote against Cordray, Dettelbach, and Brown for their support of such a deadly and dangerous proposal. Cordray, Dettelbach, and Brown are looking out for themselves, not Ohioans. They should be ashamed and forgotten by the voters that they aim to put in harm's way with the passage of issue one. Specifically, tell us about issue one and what that will do uh, with respect to Ohioans suffering from drug addiction, drug trafficking in the state. Well, it reduces uh, the sentencing. For, for drug dealers, uh, reduces the sentencing for drug addicts that have a substantial amount of uh, fentanyl, for example. Let's use fentanyl. I mean, that's the, the drug of choice right now. Northeast Ohio, by the way, is ground zero um, for fentanyl addictions uh, and deaths here in Northeast Ohio. So um, it's, it's no joke here. I mean, we are losing people every single day to this drug, and these guys think that it's a good idea to release prisoners that are in prison for uh, selling, uh, uh, selling narcotics, um, this drug, and to mandate that judges cannot give prison time to uh, drug dealers. 20 grams, less than 20 grams of fentanyl. Now, just to put that in perspective, milligrams of fentanyl will kill you. Milligrams, one milligram, two milligrams will kill you and cause you to overdose. They're talking about 20 grams. Um, that's 10,000 people, folks, that somebody could be caught with 20 grams of fentanyl and be given a misdemeanor. Um, that is well, 20, 20 to, to be clear, to be clear, um, and make sure I understand this, 20 is the threshold. So 19, if you have 19 or less, it's a misdemeanor. If it's 20 or more, yes. it's, it's a felony. But your point is, and you're right, 19 grams of fentanyl is enough fentanyl to kill thousands and thousands of people, and it would yes. be a misdemeanor. What kind of traffic is that going to draw to the state of Ohio when people realize, holy hell, they're doing, <laughs> they're, they're making it yes. easier and much more worth our risk to move our product in that state than any other state in the Midwest. Yeah, well, to make no mistake, this is a, this is an attempt, a weak need attempt, to draw out the vote of uh, Democrats, of the people that are uh, pro, you know, hey, it's my choice, it's my body, this is a victimless crime. It's nonsense. It's not a victimless crime. Um, it starts off with victimizing the family. Somebody that's drug addicted, I don't care what neighborhood they live in, they victimize their families first. They steal the money first, and then the, 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 the VCRs, and then lawnmowers. And, you know, to the point where the families have to cut ties with them. Then they move on to the businesses. Maybe it's petty theft shoplifting. But it will range from petty theft of stores, which costs us, to robberies of stores that I've dealt with personally, to murders, home invasions. Um, you know, I think you're seeing... Elderly people getting victimized and, and, and murdered 
and tied up and terrorized um, to support this drug habit. This is not, it's it's not as simple as we're just sitting here, you know, in our little heroin house having our fun. We're not hurting anybody here. Well, you have a $250 a day addiction that you have to support somehow. And you're not out there making that money, brother. You know, you're not out working somewhere. And if you are, you're going to lose your job very quickly. You're going to lose your family. You know, any cop on the street will tell you, any social worker on the street will tell you, um, this is absolutely a horrifying idea. We're going to not have any consequences. And, and, and the families, Bob, the families will tell you that I would rather see my son in jail, safe and alive, than on the street, dead or dying. They yeah. will tell you that. They will help us find these guys, you know, if they're accused of some type of crime. The only place that they have a chance, other than voluntary participation in programs, you know, you hit rock bottom, voluntary is always preferred. We always want that. But in the absence of voluntary, people are going to be victimized. Innocent, God-fearing, honest, hard-working uh, Ohioans are going to be victimized by this law because it's not, there's no consequence at all for drug addiction or drug dealing in this case. And that's the important one, because you're 100% right. This is going to encourage drug uh, dealers to come out here. They'll give, they'll they'll go to convenience store parking lots and give the stuff away to get you hooked on it. That's right. And once you're hooked on it, they got you. Now you've got a $250 day habit that you have to support some kind of way, and you feel really, really bad. And and, and drug-addicted people are, are victims. You know, they, they are. It, it, it is a sickness. It's something that needs to be dealt with. There's, you know, there's uh, uh, psychological issues out there. The mental health services need to step it up. You know, the, the, the services in the prisons need to be stepped up. That's where, we, that's where we start to beat this back, this thing back. You have to force people to dry out. Once they're dried out, hopefully they realize that they're, they're at their rock bottom. They destroyed their lives. They, their families are hanging out there hoping and, uh, against all hope that, that something good happens and they can bring that loved one back into the fold, back into the mm-hmm. family fold. But it, it, it is a tough, tough going, yeah, but going easy, But going easy on these people is not helping these people. It only harms no. these people. You're exactly right. Steve, I want to talk to Steve Loomis. To say that. Ho- uh, Steve, hold on a second. We're talking to Steve Loomis, uh, pre- former president of the CPPA. Uh, current Cleveland Police Detective. Steve, I want to share with you a couple of words here from uh, the Supreme Court, uh, Chief Justice of the Ohio Supreme Court, Maureen O'Connor. She wrote this about this. Issue 1 does this uh, by constitutionally dict... Well, let me go back, actually. Issue 1 makes possession of powdered fentanyl in amounts less than 20 grams a misdemeanor with only probation as the consequence, as you and I pointed out. That means that the, a drug offender caught with less than 20 grams walks away with no possibility of jail time. Since the lethal dose of fentanyl, as you also pointed out, Steve, is 2 milligrams, 19 grams of fentanyl is enough to kill about 10,000 people. So if Issue 1 passes, an offender charged with possession of 19 grams of fentanyl would automatically get probation and could only be charged with this misdemeanor however this is now this is where it gets good issue one does this by constitutionally dictating that any drug possession conviction that is now a felony four or felony five would be reduced to a misdemeanor the requirement of probation ties the hands of the judge when it comes to sentencing the judge must sentence 
uh, an individual to probation for these offenses under issue one. This is unconscionable. Drug dealers would be incentivized to distribute fentanyl in amounts less than 20 grams, so those caught possessing it would avoid, avoid incarceration. And the lack of consequences for fentanyl possession is shared with the possession of other lethal drugs, cocaine, K2, meth, and heroin among them. Across the range of illegal substances, I'm almost done, Steve, many current felonies would become misdemeanors. Who wouldn't want to set up their drug distribution business in Ohio, knowing that possessing 19 grams of fentanyl or lethal amounts of other drugs would result only in a first-class misdemeanor or mandatory probation? Now, Steve, I just read you three paragraphs from the Chief Justice of the Ohio Supreme Court, which would indicate, holy God, all law enforcement should be opposed to this. Our streets are going to be just rampant with new drug dealers, users, and traffickers. And yet the Ohio FOP is supporting candidates who support this monstrosity. Steve, explain that if you can. I, I, I wish I could. Um, I mean, I'm not going to use a lot of your own time trying to explain something that I had no idea uh, <laughs> what they're thinking. Especially, again, um, we've had personal experience here in Northeast Ohio with Steve Gettelbach, who now is running for Attorney General. Uh, Mike DeWine had a very aggressive stance against fentanyl. Um, I've been at meetings with him. In Washington, um, about fentanyl use, the fentanyl addiction up here, and and it, it's not going, it's not falling on deaf ears with with Mike DeWine. And Steve Dettelbach will do whatever he needs to do. He licks his finger, he puts it in the wind to see what way the political winds are blowing, and that's going to be his decision. Um, we've had terrible, uh, terrible relationship with Steve Dettelbach as the U.S. Attorney in this region. Law enforcement has and law abiding citizens have. Um, to, to have him in a position as a state attorney general is, is just repulsive. And, and the fact that uh, such a such a, a great organization and a great many friends of mine, you know, supported Steve Dettelbach, like I said earlier, just takes away from the credibility of Sherrod uh, Brown and, and uh, Richard Cordray's endorsement, in, in my humble opinion. Um, you know, we need law and order. We need people in there that are going to support law enforcement and recognize and, and have the strength of character to sit and identify what the problems are and say, how do we fix it? Get the people in the room that need to fix it. Um, prison reform? Okay, you know, let's talk about that. I have no problem. If you have a 12-year sentence for drug dealing or, or whatever, I have no problem with, you know, you complete this program and you need a Walters a certified welder's course, and I'll cut six years off your sentence. You know, I don't think anybody would. The whole purpose of prison is to try to rehabilitate people, and that's where we're failing. That's where we're failing in the criminal justice system. Is, is So I understand that argument. You know, you can't incarcerate your way out of this problem. Well, you're certainly not going to make it any better by letting the people that are in there out or not putting them in there. No. Um, with this ridiculous law, this is just an anti law enforcement line orders you could possibly get. And Steve, last thing before you go, uh, and I know you're not a lawyer and neither am I, but this is just kind of important to hit very quickly before we get out here. To make matter again, going back to Chief Justice O'Connor, Issue 1 would freeze our current criminal drug offense laws in time. It expressly mandates that its provisions be implemented based on the laws in effect on January 1st, 2018. Our General General Assembly couldn't, by passing a statute, fix all that's wrong with Issue 1. Our elected leaders could not pass new laws to contradict Issue 1, laws meant to keep us safe. 
Another constitutional amendment would be necessary to repeal or modify this issue one constitutional amendment that would take another statewide election. So if we make the mistake of putting this law in play and passing issue one and supporting people like Dettelbach and Brown and Cordray who support it, we are we are essentially making it permanent, Steve. Permanent. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, look at the groups that are involved in financing getting this thing on the ballot. And millions of dollars, the ACLU, and the, the same groups that were involved in, in bringing the feds in here and helping with the consent decree here in Cleveland and in Cincinnati. Those, those groups are in here. They want reform of the criminal justice system. Everything is the cops' fault. The cops are doing it all wrong, right? Okay, tell us how to do it better. I asked Steve Dettelbach in, in a meeting, I said, Steve, tell me how we're supposed to deal, because he said you, using a taser on a naked African-American male that was high on PCP and bleeding was an excessive use of force. I said, Steve, tell me, how yeah. could you have handled that? What, how do we better handle that? And, and, and they, they have no answer. They they have no yeah they have no see I don't mean to interrupt but I I've, I've got to I got to move here because the music's playing but but you know what that's exactly the problem they do not identify whatsoever Steve with the with the the, the threats and the difficulties facing the cops on the streets uh, and and you've, you've made well, that cops, point very clear so cops, it's not just the cops Bob it's law abiding citizens that, that's the, and them too the yeah exactly they, right they've lost Steve they've lost touch with reality. Steve, that's very well said. Steve, keep up the good work and keep uh, sharing the, you know, the, the information that you are on your Facebook and social media, and we'll keep having you on the air as well. Thanks so much for the time. Thank you very much, Bob. You got it. Steve Loomis, uh, former president of the CPPA. I'm going to share his uh, message on my Facebook page, which is France Radio, and I'm going to do that right now as you listen to this on AM 1420, The Answer. I seem to cure what's deep inside, frightened of this thing that I've All right, I shared uh, Steve's, in addition to Steve's commentary on this on Facebook, which prompted my uh, reaching out to him to come on the show today, uh, he also uh, um, included a link there to an op-ed in the Cincinnati Inquirer. You should definitely read that, uh, because it's real. It's, it's, it's honest. Um, lives will be lost if issue one passes, and the Democrats want issue one to pass. Why? Because, as Steve said, they're trading their, uh, they're trading lives, they're trading higher crime rates. They're trading victims all for votes because they know it's going to get a certain segment of the population to vote for them if they say, we are trying to open up the jail, jail cells. We are trying to let people who are convicted of drug offenses out. We are trying to weaken the drug laws. We want more people to be able to enjoy themselves recreationally with the drugs of their choice without fear of going to jail probation rather than jamming them all into jail cells. And they think this is going to get people to vote for them. And sadly, it's true. But what they're not telling you is people are going to die because of this. And that's what the op-ed does. And that's what the, also the op-ed written by uh, the Chief Justice of the State of Ohio Supreme Court, uh, Maureen O'Connor, also points out. People are going to die if this passes and if these liberals are put in charge of this state. Make no mistake about it. Uh, let's go to uh, Mike in Cleveland. Mike, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for waiting for us. Go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, good, good morning. Um, good morning, Mike. Can we can we talk about Senator Sherrod Brown for a moment? Yeah, I think we just were. He's he's part of this. He supports issue one as well. 
Well, I'm not talking about Sherrod Brown in issue one. I'm talking about Sherrod Brown and his um, domestic violence accusations. Um, apparently, 20-some-odd years ago, with his first wife, there was accusations of mental, physical, emotional abuse, and a restraining order was pulled. And I even called Senator Dianne Feinstein's office in Washington and alerted her to these accusations. So the gentleman who took the information at her office said he would get it to her. So I'd like to know what investigation would be brought up. All anybody has to do is Google it, and up it comes. And as of last night on Fox News, they did a two-minute story on accusations of domestic violence and Sherrod Brown. Any comments? Uh, no, I'm just waiting for you. I mean, what what is it that you want to say about that? Well, shouldn't in the time of the Me Too movement, shouldn't he consider resigning? Um, I, well, that's look. I, I cannot say that. I cannot say that he should consider resigning any more more than I can say Brett Kavanaugh should withdraw his name from consideration for something that is, um, you know, that is an allegation. I think there are better ways to take Sherrod Brown down than that. Now, can we say that the left is being extraordinarily hypocritical by not looking into this in the same way that they're being extraordinarily hypocritical by ignoring Keith Ellison's wife's complaints? I mean, think about that. Keith Ellison, in addition to being a senator in Minnesota from uh, from Minnesota in the United States Senate, Keith Ellison is also uh, the uh, co-chair of the DNC. And they have ignored that. His wife, by the way, his accuser, rather, is speaking out. Um, uh, Keith Ellison's accuser says that she has had her back turned upon her by her own party. Karen Monahan's comments came as a growing number of Democrats come out in support of Christine Blasey Ford, who is accusing Kavanaugh, but ignoring her, ignoring her. And she has the things that Ford does not. Specifics, days, times, um, doctor's notes uh, regarding her treatment of her injuries and so on and so forth. She's got all of these things and they're ignoring that. So if they're ignoring Keith Ellison and and his accuser uh, because he's a Democrat, what do you think they're going to do with Sherrod Brown when his accuser is his ex-wife? who doesn't have all of those same corroborating things. You know, she's got some things she said at the time. She did get a restraining order filed. You're exactly right. But if they're ignoring Ellison, where there's, which is much more recent, and literally is, is going on right now with all kinds of evidence being presented, they're not going to pay any attention to Sherrod Brown. You honestly think Diane Feinstein? You honestly think that uh, Chuck Schumer or any of the other Senate leaders for the Democrats are going to demand Sherrod Brown do anything? No. Sherrod Brown's not going to be defeated by this. Sherrod Brown is going to have to be defeated by the Ohio voters who realize that he is a walking, talking disaster for the people of Ohio. Uh, 10 o'clock. We'll get news now. We'll come back and get more of your phone calls and more on Kavanaugh as we continue on AM 1420 The Answer. If you 